<laughs> so our new series starting next week for the month of February is Happily Ever Blank. It's going to be a fun one. Don't miss it. I don't care where you're at, whether you're online or here live, uh, don't miss it. So uh, thanks for all of you being here today. We have, I don't know, a really good crowd at our 9 a.m. in-person studio audience, and uh, we just keep pushing forward, amen, in all that's going on in the world. So um, today my conclusion message to our series, Test Positive, is don't lose your dance. Don't lose your dance. And even though I got this boot on my foot, which maybe you can't see online because they got like a chest shot, but uh, or they might zoom in. I got a little boot down here, so I'm not going to let this boot lose my dance. Amen? I'm going to break dance. I did break, but... Uh... <laughs> Amen? So we're just going to have fun today, but let's pray because we need Jesus in all of this. Amen. So, Lord, we just come to you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, that you speak through me by the Holy Ghost, what heaven would say, Father God, in this area. And so, Lord, I thank you for those watching online uh, and those here in our studio audience live. Father God, we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, I think it was uh, two years ago, Pastor Jennifer and I, with the girls, went on a little summer family vacation that we'd saved up for to Cabo. Anybody been to Cabo? All right, a few of you been to Cabo. It's basically an American tourist site, but uh, it's really, and a lot of celebrities have houses there. So uh, we went down there to Cabo, and uh, we had a timeshare thing, you know. So and uh, uh, one of the evenings, we decided we would go on this uh, dinner cruise thing, and so you go out and. Uh, what, did it have food? I don't remember if it had. Anyhow, you, it took you out there around the famous Cabo Rocks, you know, when you went down the side and it showed you all the big fancy houses and told you whose houses they were. And, and then, uh, you know, just, just had fun like that. Well, about halfway through, they turn on, like, some music. And uh, all I can tell you is I can't play the music because we're in church <laughs> right now. But... All of a sudden, people, mostly younger people, got up to this certain area. I think Kaylee maybe even participated. No, it wasn't you? I don't know. Uh, it wasn't Kaylee. And, 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 huh? Riley and Tierra, yeah. And so they got up where everybody was dancing. And everybody started, you know, dancing and doing whatever they do. And uh, <laughs> I call it jerking, not the other one. It's like, you know. And uh, doing whatever they do. And uh, so everybody was dancing and just going for it, you know. And everybody's having a great time. Everybody's having a great time. But sometimes in church, people get offended when people dance. But no one gets offended on a party boat, on a cruise boat, on a nothing like that. They're like, come on, dance harder. You can do more. Get out there. And they push people out on the floor. Come on. And they push you out there. But in church, it's like if they pushed you up to the front to dance, get away from me. I rebuke you. It's like, we don't do that in church. But we'll do it on a ship in front of strangers we don't know. That kind of helps that they're strangers because you're like, I'll never see this person again, so let's just go with it. It's all right. <laughs> right? Oh, I'm speaking to this crowd over here, right? And so, uh, so sometimes you just, you just dance. And I, I heard a friend of mine, a pastor friend, tell a story 
that every uh, first of the year, they go and they take like a little 10-day getaway and they go and they kind of pray about the direction of the church and uh, he's a pastor friend of mine and he was telling uh, this story to some of us pastors and I just thought it was hilarious. And he said him and his wife, they went to uh, the Caribbean, some, some Caribbean island down there and they spend 10 days and the little vacation get away, him and his wife. And it's like the tradition they've done for like 10 or 15 years. And uh, he goes, they saw this dinner cruise thing. So they're like, oh, that would be great. And he thought, you know, it's going to be romantic, you know. And, and uh, so uh, they, they're in their, uh, like, uh, 50s, I think, 60s, or, you know, late 50s, early 60s. I'm not sure exactly how old he is. But uh, so they signed up for this dinner cruise. So they go, he, he says, they go, and they're on this, uh, this boat, this yacht, whatever it is. And they're sitting down. And he says, I suddenly noticed that a lot of the people getting on were like, younger people, and I was like, you know, where's the romantic older couples like us? <laughs> and he's like, suddenly some of them getting on the boat were not only younger, but, you know, dressed uh, light. <laughs> there was light clothing involved. And uh, as a matter of fact, his term was there was more cotton on a band-aid than on some of these people. And... Uh, I thought that was pretty accurate. <laughs> and uh, so he says they sail off. And all of a sudden, the bar breaks out. The dancing starts dancing. And here he is with his wife. And they're just like, well, we might as well enjoy it because we paid for this thing. And uh, he goes, I started filming it, but it's not appropriate to show in church, you know. So uh, he's like, I just was like, no one will ever believe me, so I better film some of this so I can tell the story. And so he's like, all of a sudden, he goes, there's this one couple that they got on the dance floor and just started dancing and every, made everybody kind of join them. And it was just the party and, and, you know, and him and his wife, they were just enjoying watching people have fun. You know, they're like, you know, I'm not going to get religious and all critical. He goes, this is what God spoke to him. I thought it was amazing. He goes, this is who you're supposed to reach. I was like, wow. That was nice. So then he says this. Then the party boat stops at another island. They all get off and they all go to Margaritaville or whatever the place was. But he goes, him and his wife went to Burger King. But, uh, you yeah, know, good second. And, uh. So then they come get back on the boat and they're watching for this couple that had been like the life of the party. And all of a sudden he notices them before they get on the, the ship there, the, the boat, and they were like full on arguing. And he goes, I don't know if they were a married couple or just a couple or whatever, but they were full on arguing. They got back on the boat and they just continued arguing at a section. But he's like, it was interesting how the ride home was a totally different atmosphere than the ride out to the other Margaritaville Island. Because the couple that had their dance created such joy and a great atmosphere on the way that because they were now fighting, because they were now arguing, which you often see when you get too many drinks in you and you go to other places with other people not wearing a whole lot, Then suddenly you wonder why the relationship you got on the boat with isn't so good anymore. And you, uh, and you get off and suddenly the whole dance atmosphere had changed because the one leading the dance had lost their dance. They'd lost their joy. They'd lost the purpose of why maybe they should have gone on this party boat. And I just want to talk to you 
today about have we lost our dance when it comes to God and to church? Have we lost it? Now, my history with dancing, you would maybe question. One, you would question because of my skin color. I would question it right along with you. I've seen some pale people dance, and it's a little nerve-wracking. I have to agree. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's like, oh. But uh, you may not know this, but I have a history of dancing. Uh, but it was a long time ago in my history. But in, in high school, I was the Nebraska state champion breakdancer. So, notice the statement I said before I said, I said, Nebraska. <laughs> High school. State champion. So, now, they didn't actually have a competition, but at this one dance, I beat everybody, so I was the state champion. So, <laughs> I'm having way too much fun telling these stories. We haven't even got to the Jesus stuff yet. But anyhow, that was, in, that was in the 80s. And then some of you may know this about me. You may not know this about me. But right out of high school, I toured the world with a singing and dancing group. And I have a few photos. I just thought, hey, if I'm going all in, let's just dive in. So picture number one, picture number one, go, go with me on the picture. So this is picture number one. I did a Russian dance. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm the, not the guy in the front, but the guy in the back. And you had to jump in this Russian dance and do the splits and then do, you know, the Russian thing. But then this was another part of the show where I, look at that. I can't even do it. But uh, I, had, I had the lead role in this particular part of the performance, uh, which was, uh, anyhow, it doesn't matter. So I had to do all these Elvis Presley. I had to do all this Elvis Presley stuff. So I could do Elvis better than anybody else in the cast. So that was my role in the show. And I think this last photo is the same Russian dance, but it's in color a little bit over there on the left. But I couldn't wear my glasses because they would fly off. So these were just, you know, back in the day when you used to be able to have flexibility. Remember, I told you to set all this up. I was 19. Riley will be 19 pretty soon, just to put it in perspective of how you could do that back then. All right, you can take that stuff down. All right, so, so there's different types of dancing. And in our show, we had the 40s dancing. We had the 20s dancing. We had the 80s dancing uh, where I did another Elvis thing and uh, all these types of different uh, dances. But there's all kinds of dance. There's hip-hop. Okay, silent. Nobody likes that one. Uh, how, how many have heard of the river dance? The Irish, and, you know, doing the thing, and the Irish river dance. Now, Gilbert and Claudia are real good at salsa dancing. And they were a little disappointed when the restaurant in Riverside closed down because they were like, that, that was what they did on Friday and Saturday. They had a following, signed autographs, everything. So... Um, <laughs> And then, there, and then there's ballet dancing, which some people enjoy, some. And uh, 
And then there's, then there's my favorite. There's the country dancing. See, this is the, this is the hat I wore. Boot scootin' boogie. Woo! Come on, somebody. Thank you, Gilbert. That one felt comfortable for me right there. My mom is laughing hysterically in her trailer in Arizona right now. But uh, she's cheering me on. But there's all different types of dancing and uh, a little line dancing. It's just some country, country folk stuff. But have you ever been to a, a dance like that or a wedding? And there's this sweet old couple in their 70s or 80s. And you got all these young people. And the old couple walks out there hand in hand. And they grab each other. And then they actually show the young people how to actually dance. Right? And they move. And they twirl. And they do all this stuff. And it's actually like they know what they're doing. Instead of just out there jerking and twerking. And doing all this silly stuff. Because you don't really know how to, you know do the stuff and just make stuff up and call it dancing, right? Right? So that's what we call it. But here's what happens. If you go to most weddings, there's the one couple that goes out and does it and everybody's like, because everybody in the crowd here, if you can't hear online, they were like, oh, because you had thoughts of the old couple that would go out on the dance floor and how amazing and romantic and cute it was. Because they what? They still had their dance. And then there's the wife who cannot, with a pry bar, get her husband to go out on the dance floor, even though he used to own the dance floor at the clubs in the 20s, when he was in his 20s, maybe in the 20s. And, uh, and so he won't go on the dance floor. And so then what happens? All the ladies get out there and they dance with themselves. And it's just a bunch of ladies out there and a bunch of guys sitting at the tables with their drinks. Because they've lost their dance. And sometimes we let age lose our dance. And sometimes because we've been a Christian for a long time, lose our dance in the house of God. I remember one guy said, hey, I remember you, sh you should go out to this tent revival. It was a long time ago. And he goes, oh, I've done that before. I'm like, oh, so you just experienced one element of God and you never want to do it again? That was my thought. But, of course, he was really mature in Christ and religious, so he knew better than me. So, praise the Lord. 1 Samuel 18, 7 says this. You're like, finally the Bible, 12 minutes in. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Now, I don't know about you, but that might be a current hit today when you're talking about slaying somebody, popping somebody. It might be a good hip-hop song. Saul has slain his thousands. Boo, boo, boo. But I'm like, they were singing and dancing to this. Like, they destroyed them. Ha, 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 let's dance. It just seems a little weird. But uh, that's what it says in 1 Samuel. Then it says this in 1 Kings 18. So they took the bull, given them, and prepared it. They called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. Duh. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. Sometimes people will dance just to try to get something to happen. Just to try to get their God 
to do something. But how many of you know Elijah just came and said, God, in a moment. Amen. So this is another reference to dancing in the Bible. Mark chapter 6 says this. In verse 22, when the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. Now, if you just read this, you'd be like, she could ask for anything. This is actually the story where she asked for John the Baptist's head. Which is why John the Baptist was killed is because a girl who was dancing pleased the king and asked for John the Baptist's head. Talk about demonic. Like, uh, I would like the oceanfront property with the mansion on the side and like people to serve me and bring me food all day long. Why didn't she think of that one? You can have anything you want. And she chose to kill someone. But it was the dance that caught the king's attention. We have to be careful as men because dancing will catch your attention, but it could be the wrong kind of dance. We read about it in the newspapers a lot. I didn't think he was going to talk about that in church. Well, we need to be real. There's a reason certain commercials on TV have certain dancing. Because they're going after the eyes of the male to buy their product because they think it's going to get them a girl like that. It don't work. Just letting you know, homie. All right. Second Samuel chapter 6. Watch what it says. This is kind of the key one we wanted to get to. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. I love that fact that it says with all his might. He didn't go casual about it. He was giving God his best. Amen. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets, as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when, he saw, when she saw King David leaping and dancing, leaping and dancing, kind of like my pictures, leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. Why would you despise anybody dancing and having a good time? They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. So here's David, and he is worshiping God, leaping and dancing. And this is why we have to be careful of religious mindsets and even religious churches today where you feel like you're in bondage when the house of God is supposed to make you free. And when people walk into a religious institution or facility, it's like, oh, I can't wear my hat. Oh, I got to look a certain way. I got to stand a certain way. I got to look a certain way. I got to do it just right. I got to kneel at the right time. I got to do this at the right time. I got to wear the right clothes. I got to sing the right songs. And don't turn around. And How do I know this? Because this is what I did when I was a kid. I remember the stiffness and the, oh, I hope I don't do anything wrong while I'm in church. 
And if God is supposed to set us free and they're supposed to be leaping and dancing in joy, then maybe church isn't really what God intended it to be in many cases. Maybe God wants us to come into his house with praise and singing and leaping and dancing and joy and encouragement and love. This sounds like the fruits of the Spirit to me, right? We're supposed to have the fruits of the Spirit where we have it on the inside of us. So God's house should be a place of freedom. And it brings about dancing in your heart, leaping in your heart. And if you don't feel like dancing, if you don't have a dance, then maybe you've lost your joy because it's generally joy that leads to the dance. There's something happy on the inside of a person who's got faith in Jesus. They've been spending time with Jesus, and it shows up. There's a glow on a person's face, and they don't let an atmosphere of negativity bring them down. They bring those negative up, just like the story of the couple. Amen? On the way out, they were dancing and caused everybody to dance. On the way back, no one danced because they had gotten to a fight. Now, here's the key is you always have to repent. If you've lost your joy, if things aren't going right, repent before God. So you can get your joy back. There's nothing worse in life than not having your joy. Not having freedom. And sometimes we let society and life and finances and just difficulties cause us to lose our dance, lose our joy. C.S. Lewis, the great writer, said the most valuable thing the Psalms do for me is to express the same delight in God which made David dance. David had a delight. If you read Psalms, he was delighted in the Lord. He was was excited about the Lord. He was like, God, he just wanted to praise him and sing songs to him. Like It was always on his lips. It was always an expression of his heart. Was dancing and singing and sharing the goodness of God. Ecclesiastes 3 says, Verse 4 says, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Amen. Psalms 30, verse 11 and 12 says, you turned my wailing into dancing. Come on, there's some people right now that it's it's been difficult. We've had difficult season and many times and, and there's been some wailing, some crying, some hurting. But let God turn your wailing into dancing. Let him turn it into joy. Amen. And as I, I spoke the very first message, there's no greater joy than a believer who has Jesus Christ, even in a time like this, that if you know you have Jesus as Savior, even if something happens to you, you'll spend it in heaven. The time period we live on this earth is just like a blink of an eye to eternity. And so it goes slow for us, but a day is is a thousand years to God. Eternity is forever. So have that peace, have that confidence, have that hope that you have the peace of God on the inside of you. Amen? And share that with others so they can also have that joy and that peace. You turn my, I'm going to keep going, Psalms 30, 11 and 12. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. Joy and dancing are intertwined. That my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. I will praise you forever. Notice that dancing, praising, joy are intertwined. Praising, 
dancing and joy are intertwined. That should mean that when you come into the house of God that has freedom, praising, dancing, and joy should be the norm, not the unique. Come on. Now, some of you might be getting a little convicted because you don't even sing in church, let alone dance. You say, well, I got these chairs in front of me. I can't really do a whole lot. Well, you can rock the shoulders at least a little bit, right? You know, because you're excited about being in the presence of God. You got the joy of the Lord. You can, you, you can at least get a little clap. I mean, some people, they got, they got what I call chair froze, where they just grab the back of the chair in front of them. They get a little nervous about, oh, people are getting a little excited in church, and I've never seen this before. Maybe it's because you haven't seen the expression that God wants in his house before. Maybe you're actually stepping into freedom, and you've stepped into a church that brings you freedom in Christ. It should be a joy. You should never have to be nervous in church. Exodus 15, 20 says, Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her. The timbrels and dancing... Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. Woohoo! Both horse and rider he's hurled into the sea, so let's dance. In other words, God took care of our enemy. Now in those days it might have been Egypt or a horse and rider, but today it could be anything that is our enemy. Amen? And so it says, let's sing and let's dance and let's grab the timbrel. I think Pastor Mike gave us a good, you know, he says the dingly things, I think is what he said on Thursday night. The dangly things or whatever. But he basically said it was a drum or like the cymbals and you dance and you sing and you make joy to the Lord. Amen? And so see, these are some of the things that, that it is, it's important in our life. Not let life and age and difficult season make you lose your dance. Make you lose your dance. There's something about a person who has joy and a dance that affects others around them. And I praise God and I thank God that we have a church that brings freedom. Amen. And people can dance. And I, I know some people like, you know, there's some churches they say, come to our church and say, no weirdness environment. And I'm like, really? Is that what we want to advertise God's house to be? Because if you have the Holy Ghost and if you have Jesus... If you read the Bible, there were some weird things. So when you say we're in a, a no weirdness environment, to me, your advertising Jesus might not show up here. I mean, he spit in the ground, made mud, and slapped it in a blind man's eyes. That's weird. He did some, he did some strange things, but you know what? A miracle always happened afterwards. So maybe... We should be a little bit more aggressive in what we do. Maybe we should have a little bit more faith. Maybe we should be hearing what God is saying. Maybe we should have some expression of dance in our life. Maybe we should have a little bit more joy in our life. Maybe we've lost our dance because we've lost our joy. And you need to get into the presence of God so you can get your joy back. You need to get into the presence of God so you can get your dance back. You need to get into the presence of God so you can get your praise back. You need to get a lot of things back. Don't lose your dance. Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your praise. Don't lose your life in this season of our life. Keep your joy on. Keep your praise on. Well, Pastor Troy, it's easy for you. No, it ain't. 
Amen? I mean, there's a lot of people, if we're honest, they're like, I'm done. I'm packing up. And a lot of people have moved. What is that? I'm tired of this. And some of them, maybe they're moving because they got a better job in apparently Texas. <laughs> or Colorado or Tennessee or somewhere. But they're moving. And it would be real tempting just to move. I mean, housing prices are crazy. But you know what I found out? I found out they're kind of crazy everywhere. And so you can move and get a $250,000 house in the Midwest somewhere. But have you lost your joy? Have you lost your purpose? Have you lost your calling? And Pastor Jennifer and we, we, we like, well, that would be kind of cool. But you know, yeah, but we're not in this for where we live. We're in this for what God's called us to. And sometimes it would be really nice to live in Hawaii. Nobody would just argue with that. But if God hasn't called you there, then how great is it to live there if you're in misery spiritually? We've got to keep our dance on. We've got to keep our joy on. Well, I just want to try a different church. That's fine. But is it because you can't grow? Is it because you lost your dance? You lost your joy? We've gotten into the flesh more than the spirit. I love everybody that's in this place watching online. We got to keep moving forward. We are his army. And we got to fight the fight. And you cannot fight if you don't have joy. You cannot fight if you don't have a dance. You cannot fight if you don't praise. Matter of fact, it reminds me of a scripture in the Bible, and then we'll close. Because I think God prepared them, and the next day they came over the mountaintop, and they, were, and they sent the trumpeters and the worshipers in front of the fighters. And as they came over the top, as they were singing and praising to God, they all, all their enemy began to destroy one another, and they went over singing and dancing, and they took all of the silver and gold and all the stuff from the, those who fought against each other. There's power in your praise, there's power in your dance, and there's power in your joy if you're accessing it from heaven and not somewhere else. Amen? I'm going to close with this story. It was 1994. 1994, I was in the graduating from Bible school in a few months, and I was standing in this auditorium, and there were about 5,000 people. It was the Bible school I went to in uh, Tulsa, Jerusalem, Oklahoma. And um, all of a sudden, the minister that night uh, says, Hey, if you have never danced before the Lord before, I want you to step out into the aisles. And he goes, I don't want any musicians. I don't want any band. I don't want anybody saying anything. If you have never danced before the Lord, I want you to step out into the aisle. And there was about 5,000 people, so about... Eh, 30 people step out into the aisles. Now, there probably should have been more, but they weren't that bold. But there was this little old lady, about 75 years old, with her nylons on. Got the image? The ones where you can see where they stop? And she steps out into the aisle like this. And then the minister says, now I just want you to dance before the Lord because he's good in your life, regardless of any music. And she grabs her skirt and holds on to it. And she just starts going, yeah, like this. Well, when she started, 
the whole place erupted with the presence of God. So much so that I remember the story today and I'm telling it to you now, 20 some years later. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. That night they set a record, 33 chairs were broken. I was in the choir pit. The whole choir just went, flew backwards because the presence of God just like went when that lady began to dance. What will happen in your life if you just start to dance for Jesus? What will happen in your life if you begin to express joy? What will happen in your life if you step out of your flesh and your pride and your ego and I'm embarrassed and you just go, I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm doing it because I'm going to worship you and I'm going to dance for you and I'm going to praise you and I'm going to get joy in my life. I don't want to lose my dance. I don't want to lose my dance. I'm going to test positive for praise. I'm going to test positive for joy. I'm going to test positive for dance in my life. Would you all stand with me? Remember how I said this is a self-activated message and I need your crowd participation today? Can you play the disco? No, just kidding. Today I just want to encourage you. We need to sign off here but don't lose your dance tonight at 6 we'll maybe activate some dancing we can do that in the house of God we're going to prophesy over people we're going to believe God we're just going to have people touch people because I ain't going to be out there touching people but you know we're just believing God just to do great things tonight but I just want to encourage you today all these four messages Pastor Isaac's message messages I spoke Pastor Mike's message be the light Don't lose your dance. Test positive. We can do this. There's no greater time to be in the house of God and in the family of God than such a time as this where we support each other. Amen. So before we go today, I just want to pray with everybody. Father, I just thank you for people here today that maybe they've lost their dance or they lost their joy or those watching online. Lord, I pray that you speak to people. Maybe we need to repent for some things. Maybe we just need to stir up joy. Stir up the gifts inside of our heart. 21 days of fasting and prayer, I thank you that you've brought people closer to you. Lord, I just pray for the dance of your church, for the praise of your church, that we'd be known for a place of praise and dance and freedom and joy in your house. Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we go today, if you're watching online, pay very close attention to what I'm saying. And if you're here live, there's no greater time in the history of the world to recognize you need a Savior than in the day we're living in right now. People have maybe known about God. They've heard about God. They know the religious experience of God. They maybe know about baby Jesus at Christmas and Jesus on the cross at Easter. But have you made Jesus your Lord and Savior because that's the reason he came he came not to be a symbol but he came to be a relationship he didn't come to hang from your rearview mirror or be a decoration in your home he came to be a relationship so today if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life with your own mouth and with your own heart not because grandma or grandpa or mom or dad or uncle or aunt or the pastor you know But because you need Jesus in your heart, I'm going to pray for you today.
if you're watching online, if you've never prayed this prayer, I want you to pray it right there in your home, in your car, your work, wherever you're at. Pray it in your heart. Speak it with your mouth. The greatest experience you'll ever have is when Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, comes and dwells on the inside of you. So let's just pray this prayer today. Say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I thank you for your son Jesus who went to the cross for me, shed his blood for me. I receive him today as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching online, if you just comment in the chat area that you prayed that prayer, our online pastors will get connected with you. Uh, we want to get something into your hands. So we want to say God bless you guys to everybody online. Those of you live, I'll talk to you here just for a second. But uh, have a great day. Hopefully you'll be able to join us on YouTube tonight at 6 o'clock for our 120. Goodbye, everybody. Amen.